Amigos, what's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. If this is your first, it certainly isn't going to be your last. Listen, and if you've joined us for previous episodes, welcome back. We're excited to have you guys join us aboard. It's a, always going to be a good show uh, when we've got breaking news and information to share with you guys. Uh, but it's especially fun when we, get, when we get to do a little bit of roundtable talking about the potential impacts and effects. So if you don't already know, uh, the BC government brought out these potential rule changes that may impact house prices, maybe. But what is it really there to impact is kind of the bigger question. Is it going to impact house prices? Is it just going to be consumer protection? What is it? What we're talking about here is the cooling off period that was announced uh, in November of 2021. And interestingly enough, it sure sounds like we're probably not going to have a lot more information for a few more months here. So this episode can definitely last for quite some time. So we talk about what the heck is a cooling off period? What are some of the mandates that might make sense? Um, when will it take effect? Will it impact prices? Will it impact your lending options? A whole bunch of fun stuff. So it's a really good episode, a really good roundtable, and I'd love to hear your opinion. So I'd invite you guys to send us a message at the YVR Remo Show or at Thrive Mortgage Co. on Instagram, because that is where we're at. And we'd love to hear from you guys. What do you think the impact of the show is going to be? Share our episode out so more people can listen to it if you can. But before we get any further, listen, man, I ask you guys every time the one thing for entry is a five-star review. Well, actually any review, but we'll take a five-star review. We'll, we'll be very appreciative. Either way, the one thing is, you know, give us a, two seconds of your time. Leave us a little review on uh, Apple iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts. If you're on Apple, it's very easy to do. Or if you can go online, you can just search Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. And we actually have a review of the week that I'm super pumped on. And uh, it comes from uh, a gentleman named Landon E., he wrote down, it's an amazing team of mortgage and financial professionals who are geared to educate anyone with a clear and straight to the point podcast, with clear and straight to the point podcast. They have, I have been able to learn and stay informed with the fantastic content that they deliver. Well, if I didn't fumble through that too much, Landon, I just want to say thank you so much for leaving the review and I'm glad that we were able to impact you and uh, we're excited to continuously help you going forward. Make sure to send us a screenshot so we know who you are to our Instagram channel at Thrive Mortgage Core at the YVM Remo Show so we can send you out some coffee and mugs. And uh, yeah, really appreciate that, man. So if you're enjoying the show, leave us a message, send us a DM. And of course, if you want Thrive Mortgage Co. working on your side because you want to make better financial decisions, then send us a message either way. Anyhow, enjoy the episode on the other side. BC cooling off period. We'll talk to you guys soon. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Some interesting news. The world of real estate, you know, uh, I guess maybe 15, 20 years ago wouldn't have been as exciting as it is today, but, you know, running a, a weekly podcast. I feel like every single week we hop on the show, we have something different and unique to talk about and not just, you know, educational items, but news. There's always news. We could probably just do once a week on news. Um, you know, uh, there's been a lot of talk in the last few weeks and months about making some changes to the system. And, you know, what that means is different for every single person. But what is true is that we've had so many suggestions from the government, most of them probably don't make any sense, but uh, a lot of the biggest concern is around house prices and of course due diligence. Now, because of this, uh, there have been a whole bunch of, again, suggestions from a variety of different people around how do we change this? 
how do we protect buyers but not take away from sellers? What does that look like? And anyways, uh, short version is that the BC government has suggested they're going to be implementing some type of cooling off period in what appears to be an effort more so to protect buyers, although this is really new, so we're going to dig into this. So uh, let's just dig into it, guys. Uh, what exactly was announced? We'll talk a little bit about, you know, who this is going to impact immediately, what we know and what we don't know, and what we think the intended outcomes and non-intended outcomes could look like. So uh, if you guys want to hop in and maybe just jump in and talk about what happened first and foremost. Just to kind of do a high level on, on what this all means is... Uh, a lot of times these are referred to as a subject period. So in a normal stabilized market, not the market that we live in today, uh, if you write an offer on a property, you'll typically request five to seven days uh, to secure financing, to do an inspection, uh, to have an appraisal completed, to review strata documents, basically do all the due diligence that you need to do to make sure that you're 100% confident and committed to buying that property before you put up a non-refundable deposit. So in a perfect world, that's what we like to see. It gives everybody time to make sure that financing's in line, inspections are good. Um, in the market that we've been in for the last 18 months, I guess, pretty well consistent, uh, that has not been the case. You know, when you're writing an offer and you're competing against six or seven other people, you need to make your offer as strong as possible. Uh, and where we've gotten to today is that you quite literally have no subjects in your offer most of the time. And if you do have subjects, even if it's a three-day period to go get your financing approval, uh, a lot of times you won't get the property. So it's putting buyers in a very, very risky position uh, because they are putting up a non-refundable deposit with their offer, not knowing if something's going to go wrong in their financing, not knowing if, if you know, the, the foundation's crumbling on this house that they think that they love. Uh, so the whole kind of goal with this is to protect buyers, which I agree with. I, I think that that's a great step. Uh, I, I don't agree with the way that this is coming out or the way that's being rolled out so far. Um, but that's kind of high level on, on where this is coming from. And just to touch on pre-sale properties. So if you're buying something brand new, uh, currently in BC, they have to offer you a seven day rescission period. So that's, it's mandatory subject period essentially on pre-sales. Um, so they're kind of just trying to roll that into the resale market as well. Yes. So we've had this pretty much in place with pre-sales for quite some time now. And it's, you know, not understanding if there's going to be a, a deposit required, like there are some details to still be released. So as of right now, if it if it is the same as how we have it in the in the pre-sale market, you know, I would argue that it it's more important to have this on a resale home, a home like to your point that could be have, you know, major issues that's very, it's not likely we're going to see these types of issues with a pre-sale construction. So I feel like, you know, the fact that we've had this in place for pre-sales has been great, but yeah, to your point, like I do agree with this. This this it's more important on a resale property, in my opinion, for all the number of reasons that you know you just listed off, and that could go wrong with a with a presale or sorry, resale home. Yeah, I mean, so let's talk about that really quickly and what the rescission period is on presales, and, and at least a general overview as to how it works right now. So a presale is typically, or not even just a presale, but a brand new property. So it's it's not limited to just presales. So it could be a brand new construction home um uh, typically or something that's uh, not complete at this point right now ultimately you make an offer on this property and in some circumstances before it's even built often before it's even built or complete and uh because it is brand new and it hasn't been inhabited and no one's lived in it and it's not complete you do have this seven day period to 
do your due diligence, uh, get your financing in order, uh, make sure you feel good about the decision, make adjustments. Now, sometimes you have to bring a deposit in good faith immediately of 5% or $5,000 or $10,000. But ultimately, if you choose to walk away after that seven days, you get that money back. So you do get the money back. But I, I think the big thing about having the deposit up front is the fact that you've basically shown the seller that you're serious. You have the money to do, so, do this and you're prepared to do so. And I, you know, one of the reasons I think that's worked out really well, just from a personal opinion standpoint, is it's not impacting anyone on the selling side. Right. So there's no seller that needs to move on to another property. Um, there's often very rushed periods, lineups. You know, you have to make a decision today. There's a lot of pressure from the inside sales teams, things of that nature. And we just know it's a huge decision for a lot of people, especially if it is sight unseen. Right. So I think that from a new build property perspective, it's it's an absolute no brainer. And it does work to a degree. The biggest challenge with new builds is how they auction them off. And that's a whole other conversation. We won't get into that ball of wax right now. But I think the, the real intended consequence that I understand, and I think the, the con confusion for a lot of buyers right now is that, you know, we're talking about two things when it comes to a cooling off period. One, protecting a consumer from making a bad decision on a home in a rush at a price point that might not work for them, right? So basically bidding a high amount because there's other people that are there, which I don't think is going to make a difference in, with this. And the other uh, situation, which is uh, making sure the home doesn't have any major issues, or if there are major issues, they know about them. That consequence can be dealt with with this. I think that is being managed, and I think that's a fair suggestion. But if anybody thinks that this is going to impact prices in a positive manner, I think they should think again. Oh, absolutely. And, and the purpose of this is to solely protect buyers. It's not to combat the pricing issue that everyone's talking about across the country that the, the reason for this has nothing to do with pricing. It's a hundred percent to protect the consumer. So to your point, it, if anything, I see this negatively impacting pricing because what are you going to do to make your offer sharper? As of right now in this market, heightened activity, it's been busier than we've seen in probably all three of our careers. We could argue that this is the busiest we've ever seen it. And people are making their offers more attractive by going subject free. We're seeing a lot of subject free offers. We've talked about this. We have a whole resource page on what to do in preparation to go subject free. It's not something we recommend, but it's just the nature of the market. You ultimately have no choice in some of these situations where you know a single family home has 15 people lined up to write an offer on it so if we st if we're in heightened activity like we are now and this uh this is now in place this new cooling off period what can you do to make your offer sharper will you have a higher price it's an even playing field now when it comes to timelines and subjects and when you put yourself in a seller's shoes on that front um, oftentimes especially in busy markets like this when you're selling and buying, it's different when you're just buying a home. Maybe you're a first-time buyer, but when you're selling and buying, you're typically trying to make these transactions happen at the exact same time, if you can, right? Now, if you go out and find the perfect home that you want to purchase, and you go to sell your house, and now you're in limbo for a week, not knowing if your sale is actually going to go through, and if it doesn't go through, you're going back to market, getting another offer with another week of limbo period, and it could just drag on and on and on. Uh, which could really cause issues for your purchase, right? So you just got to think of both sides of that when you're involved in a sale and a purchase transaction at the same time. Yeah, I think that's a, a big consideration. So, I mean, we've basically kind of co covered like what is the idea of the cooling period, a little bit about the dates and, and obviously some of the intended consequences. And I think definitely 
we'll try to cover this from a few different angles here and maybe also you know make sure to point some uh, or put some light on some positive notes and, and positive benefits of uh, this uh, change. I think uh, a couple things to keep in mind that we need to point out and I want to echo this even though we hit this off the hop. The first thing is this is uh, supposed to be unveiled in spring of 2022 which could mean basically any anytime up until June. So there's nothing that's going to change today. Uh, the second thing is uh, over and above this as we've talked about a number of times the people and maybe we haven't spent enough time talking about this the people that are in charge of making decisions we don't really know who they are. And there's not a lot of transparency yet around that. All we know is that the government has reached out to BCFSA, uh, which, I mean, I don't know if we want to get deep into what BCFSA is, but they're a governing body that basically is like a watchdog, making sure everybody is uh, doing things right. And they're reaching out to industry experts and professionals. What does that even mean? Who are they talking to? Because they haven't approached, you know, from my understanding, a lot of the, you know, high-performing mortgage brokers in the industry. Uh, they haven't uh, approached, from my understanding, you know, a lot of the appraisers that are doing a lot of uh, business in the industry. And, you know, ultimately, who are the people they're talking to? It doesn't have to be me, but let's hear some transparency around that and talk about it. Like, let us know who you're talking to or what these people look like, because that's going to change your decision. In most situations, when the government's making a lot of these big changes and they're put in charge, guess who they go talk to? The banks. There's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. So anyways, long story short is I'm not really confident on, you know, the people that are going to be giving their input. And I'm a little bit nervous about that part of the equation. Yeah, I mean, there's some really good experts on the front lines and realtors would be the number one uh, demographic that I would start with. You know, they're the ones that are writing these offers. They're the ones that are seeing the 15 people lined up at the, you know, the single family home with the basement suite down the street. Like they are the ones that are dealing with this. So yeah, there's got to be some con consultation with the right individuals and not just the banks, to your point, because, you know, people on the front lines can really talk to this and, and comment on what would really help. Because uh, like a lot of this we can agree with. Again, it's very vague. It's just been released. We're in this listening period. So a lot of this can change. So, you, you know, we'll see what happens. But a lot of this we can agree on in principle. But what we're not talking about is the seller side. Is is Does the seller going to have any you know, play here? Can they back out of the offer? Is the cooling period going to have anything to do with the seller? Probably not. But what if it does? Like there's going to be a lot of repercussions there. There's been no talk about that. Again, back to the deposit thing. There's no talk about a deposit yet. So there's a lot to come. So it's more of a, hey, like, let's wait and see kind of a approach. That's all we can ever do with these types of uh, legislation. Yeah. And I think the only real comparison that we have right now is the pre-sale market because they do have a mandatory rescission period, right? And if you look at the pre-sale market, there's definitely uh, benefits for the buyers because they're getting that subject period. I know one of the big fears with this whole cooling period is that one buyer is gonna go out and write offers on six different properties, and at the end of their week, uh, cooling period or two weeks or whatever it is, they're gonna pick the property that they like the most. And I think that's a real fear, but I also can't imagine, I would personally never do that. That's a lot of work. I can't imagine too many realtors are going to take on that type of work. It's going to give them a very bad name, right? And I think when you compare that to the pre-sale market, I personally don't know many people that go that direction. I think that when people write offers on properties, they're usually pretty committed to buying it because it's a big step, right? And especially putting up if there is some level of a a deposit required. Um, you just hope that people are in it for the right reasons. And when you're writing an offer on a million dollar home or a $1.5 million home, 
that you are committed to that property, right? And, and hopefully people don't abuse the system. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And so let's just talk about it from a seller's perspective for a minute. What does this do for them and, and how does this impact them to your point as well? Does this create less committed buyers, like you mentioned right there? Potentially, yes. Yeah, because as you mentioned and Dean mentioned already, could we see um, you know a real estate agent and a client deciding to offer on three separate properties locking up three of them because they have you know a high price point and then deciding at the end of the week well you know i don't really want two of them or all three of them what is the impact on a seller now what if they have an offer accepted on another home does this cause further delays when they can't remove their financing clauses so the chain effect is a big one a lot of people don't realize that there's often i mean i don't know about you guys but i've seen transactions where there's like eight to ten uh, you know, chains of effect. This buys buyer selling buying off of that seller who's buying off another seller who's buying off another seller. And it's like, you know, try to change the dates or try to change one thing and everybody's impacted down the chain. That's hard enough as it is. But then you, um, you, 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 you basically take away someone's rights to be able to lock up a transaction immediately. That's pretty important from a seller's perspective. The one thing, the one thing I want to make, and I'd love to round table on this. So I, I'd love to hear feedback from both you guys on this is, a few things. One, does this impact, let's go back to price. The biggest concern people talk about in BC is house prices. We hear some concern over, you know, being able to do things like uh, actually do their due diligence. And I think they should be able to do their due diligence. What it looks like is a question mark. Does this impact prices positively? Derek, why don't you start and then we'll round table on this. Just with the demand that we're seeing currently, I can't imagine there would be any drop in price. I think the only sliver that may cause any bit of a slowdown is just the uncertainty of what this does to the market. And there's a lot of uncertainty around this legislation as a whole because the details haven't been released, right? But I think uncertainty does uh, cause fear in a lot of people, right? Because a lot of people, I mean, we're in this industry and a lot of our listeners are maybe in this industry, real estate agents, what have you, and we get it and we know, you know, the pros and cons to this change. But a lot of the public don't understand it right and the media can blow things up in a in a very negative way unfortunately that could be the only potential slight slowdown i would say that we could see from this um but exactly what dean mentioned earlier is if you need to make your offer stand out and you are competing if you're in a competing market 100 percent, this is going to make prices go even higher because you're at an even playing field everybody gets a weak subject period you can't do a shorter subject period than dean or Alex, I can't go no subjects even though I have cash to buy this house, right? Like I have to do that one week. So the only way you're really gonna stand out is by doing your highest possible price, right? I think the other way that you could stand out is again, not knowing what the deposit requirements are gonna be, but if you were a cash buyer, you could literally put your entire cash into the trust account and be like, we're ready to close. Here's our entire purchase price in your trust account. Let's go. We'll close in 30 days. So you, there, there will be some stuff you can do to be competitive if you're in that position. But I mean, there's not too many people that are in that position, but you see it in other countries, you know, you see people putting all, you know, all funds in escrow or in our, you know, our case of trust account that does happen. So there will be ways to still be competitive, but it's just, it's just taking away that ability uh, for a lot of other people, like the common Canadian that needs mortgage financing, you're going to be pretty much hooped but it's funny like the, i find the irony in this is like the pre-sale like we all agree the pre-sale makes sense but most of the times the pre-sale is not even done so you can't inspect it you don't know if it was built properly like the rescission period in a pre-sale is kind of ridiculous in my opinion all it is is protecting you from a, a knee-jerk decision 
really you're standing in line and you're you see all these people waiting to write offers and then oh you know seven, you got seven days to just think about your decision that's literally all you can contemplate in that period of time you're not inspecting the home because the home doesn't exist yet and and if a home did exist you know the, we got the latest and greatest tech everything you know everything is built so like the code to build a home these days is just incredible i'm building a small shop on my property and it's unbelievable what i have to deal with to make this thing code right so like the way homes are built today are just so superior than the way they were built in 1942 so you know you got three seconds to make a decision currently in our current situation you have three seconds to make a decision uh, the biggest financial decision of your life on a 1942 diy build that who knows what's in the walls you know the asbestos issues crumbling foundation all kinds of stuff so like i think this is way more important we need some protection way more on this product than a new construction so like this this is needed in, in my opinion it's just how yeah full circle here i uh, agree with all the points above um certainly think that if there's and i the reason i wanted to push this out there because i i heard a lot of consumers that were asking questions around does this mean price are going to drop should i wait to buy a home and my answer to that is is undoubtedly like you guys mentioned although there could be a slight softening while people try to understand it in the long run no it doesn't make a difference as you mentioned in fact i, I agree with I, i'm not sure which one of you guys mentioned this but i think that uh, ultimately prices could be pushed higher because of this and particularly it's going to impact those people as dean mentioned who don't have as much cash available to them. So who's this going to hurt? The entry level buyer again, which uh, in my side or in my consideration obviously is a pretty negative impact. Now let's just go back on that and say, listen, at the end of the day, this is all speculation because we don't know the details yet. Maybe the details say that you need to put down a small deposit. Maybe the details say that the due diligence is just for a proper home inspection and a proper appraisal and a proper uh, disclosure statement. And if that's the case, I think this is fantastic. And I agree with you. Uh, you know, how many times have we seen a client come to us from a second opinion uh, because they purchased, as you mentioned, something like a heritage home or a home that has knob and tube wiring or poly B plumbing and they bought a site unseen and they didn't realize that they were gonna have to find a way to spend $30,000 to update the electrical or the plumbing or something like that before closing when they just put every penny they had into this house because no one provided them with a proper disclosure or inspection ahead of time, which is honestly, that's a whole other conversation. It's absolutely asinine to me that um, a real estate agent or a seller would not order proper strata documentation and property disclosures before someone's making an offer. I think that would fix all, a lot of these issues, uh, issues and problems, but it's definitely not gonna fix price. So if you're listening to this podcast I, and you're looking for a pricing cool down, this won't be your answer. However, I'm all up for a consumer proposal. I'm excited to see what they have to say and uh, certainly quite interested. Yeah, just one more topic I wanted to bring up on the seller side, uh, more of a con than anything. I mean. We talk about timelines and, and, you know, maybe you get an offer on your house today and there's a one week subject period. So you, you think you know how much you're going to sell your house for and you go write an offer on a new house. Um, what this could really create is the buyer of your house trying to negotiate last minute on the day of subject removal, trying to bring the price down. But at that point, you need to sell your house. And you can't go in limbo for another week, right? So it really opens up this window where you could really tie a seller into a position where they have to take on negotiations last minute, right? Because of this subject period and because you've already committed to buying another property. So that's just one more thing to consider with, uh, with the mandatory subject period. Yeah, I mean, again, there's there's a lot of details to come out. If you know, if deposits, if big deposits are what gonna are gonna potentially make your offer more attractive. 
there could be an opportunity for a whole other products in the finance space deposit loans are something we talk about a lot we utilize you know maybe big deposit loans become a <laughs> you know a product that people are looking to access you know there, there's a lot of opportunities that could come from this too so um, from a business perspective from a finance perspective there is a lot here so it'd be i'm just really interested to see how it rolls out and i agree with a lot of it good news stories because we don't want this to all sound negative because i think it's just more real uh as you mentioned new business opportunities new opportunities for different types of products some potential consumer protection in regards to inspections and and valuations of uh properties uh, we could obviously see, well, hey, listen, selfishly, we're mortgage brokers and high performing ones. So uh, we could probably definitely see more people come over to our end uh, and, and look to work with a mortgage broker as opposed to that bank because they just quite simply don't have the creative solutions and way to think about it. So, hey, selfishly, that's interesting and uh, good for the consumers, in my opinion, with more choice. But I think at the end of the day, again, the purpose of us hopping on here was to, to really kind of a broad overview, what you need to know, what's happening, when it's happening and what's going on. But we want to we hear from you guys. So uh, drop us a, a message there on, on IG. Uh, you can find us at the YBR Remo Show or at Thrive Mortgage Co. And let us know, what do you think? Is this going to have the intended consequences of helping consumers, maybe changing prices up or down? What do you think is going to happen? Send us a message. Let us know because we want to hear from you. And we can roundtable this again in the next uh, few weeks once we hear new news and let you know kind of what's going to happen. Any other uh, closing thoughts, guys, on, on this topic as we uh, work our way through it? No, I think that was pretty good. We covered pretty much everything. They are talking about uh, putting this in place sometime in the new year, spring, most likely. So, um, yeah, we'll continue to update everybody as, uh, as we know more. Hey, guys, uh, as always, if you want to find out more about working with us, uh, again, find us on thrivemortgage.ca. Uh, drop us a message, IG, etc., all those different locations.